Hello, everybody, and welcome to the January 27, 2021 edition of Peaceful Globalist Review. I am your host, the Peaceful Globalist, Ephraim Josine. And ladies and gentlemen, there are two kinds of clips I play on this podcast. The first is one of just a politician being stupid that I want to make fun of. Um, but the second is points that actually do have some logic behind them. You know, points that aren't entirely unreasonable, okay? You know, points that, when you first hear them, I can understand you agreeing with. But when you think about them for a couple of seconds, they fall apart rather quickly. And I want to make it clear, this clip from Rand Paul discussing incitement yesterday on the Senate floor, this is the second one. I think there's some logic behind what Rand Paul is saying, but he's making a massive mistake here. Here's, here's the clip. I'll play part of it, and then we'll come back, and then I'll just tell you why he's not making all that much sense. But what of Democrat words? What of Democrat incitement to violence? No Democrat will honestly ask whether Bernie Sanders incited the shooter that nearly killed Steve Scalise and volunteer coach. The shooter nearly pulled off a massacre. I was there because he fervently believed the false and inflammatory rhetoric spewed by Bernie and other Democrats, such as the Republican health care plan for the uninsured is that you die. As this avowed Bernie supporter shot Steve Scalise, nearly killing him, and shot one of our coaches and two or three of our staff, he screamed, this is for health care. Ask me or anyone if that's incitement. No Democrat will ask whether Cory Booker incited violence when he called for his supporters to get, get up in their face of Congress people, a very visual and specific incitement. No Democrat will ask whether Maxine Waters incited violence when she literally told her supporters, and I quote, that if you see a member of the Trump administration at a restaurant, at a department store, at a gas station, or any place, you create a crowd and you push back on them. Is that not incitement? Okay, uh, a couple of issues here. Now, in order to understand why what Rand Paul is saying is wrong, you need to understand the concept of what's typically called a smoking gun. Okay? Now, essentially, the phrase means some piece of evidence that would immediately incriminate somebody, okay? Um, so, for instance, say I am standing over the corpse of a someone who was just shot in the chest, and I am holding a smoking gun at chest level. That would be a pretty clear sign that I did that, that I shot the man. Why else would I have a smoking gun in my hand, chest level, to this man who was just shot? You know, it, that, that's what the phrase means, okay? Now, in the case of Donald Trump and incitement, we don't quite have that perfect of a smoking gun. Now, we have, essentially, he has already started walking away, and the gun isn't at chest level, but he still has a smoking gun, and someone was just shot, and he's relatively close to the guy. And this is also a man who has a history of violence, 
You know, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Anyone remember that? Remember when he posted pictures of people who had stormed the Capitol in hopes that someone would turn them in? Remember that? I remember all of that. Or not who stormed the Capitol, who took down statues. Who, like, took down statues of Confederate generals. Um, but, okay. Okay. So, not a perfect smoking gun. I'll admit that right now. And there is some reasonable doubt you could apply to Trump's second impeachment and to his conviction. I understand that. But what Rand is comparing them to, let's just look at the examples that he gave. We'll start with the Bernie Sanders one. In this situation, there, where's the smoking gun that would connect it specifically to what Bernie said? Now, the guy who shot Scalise was a Bernie bro. That, that's objectively true. He was a huge fan of The Daily Show and Rachel Maddow, and he voted for Bernie Sanders, and he was a hardcore Democrat. We know all that's true. We do. We know all of that. However, that doesn't prove that it was Bernie's rhetoric specifically that caused it. And even then, that wouldn't be a smoking gun. You know, where's the Bernie speech where he says, Okay, now, what I need you all to do is go to the congressional baseball game and give them a piece of your mind. Peacefully, of course. No, no, that doesn't exist. And you know why that doesn't exist? Because that never happened. Because Bernie Sanders never called for violence. He immediately disavowed Scalise, to my, to my, uh, if I remember correctly, or at the very least never directly endorsed his actions and didn't even say, he never once said, go out to the, to the congressional baseball game and stop the American Health Care Act. Okay? <laughs> and I should also note, I should also note, if we're talking about Rhetoric against the American Health Care Act that led to the shooting of Steve Scalise, Rand Paul was also against the American Health Care Act. Now, mind you, he was against it for the exact opposite reasons. Bernie Sanders was against it. But did, did you, does that mean that you also, in part, incited it? Now, does that mean that you wanted Steve Scalise to be shot? Um, Rand, I also know for a fact that you oppose Obamacare. Do you want Barack Obama to be shot? I don't think so. I don't think so. And at the very least, you haven't vocalized it. You never said, okay, go storm the Capitol to stop Obamacare. I don't recall you saying that, Rand. So this is a horrible comparison. And then in the other two scenarios, quotes from Cory Booker and Maxine Waters, well, you do have... Something there, I guess? But this is less a smoking gun than it is just a gun. <laughs> or than it is just some smoke. <laughs> you could have been lighting a cigarette, dude. You don't know that. Um, the point is, like, there, neither of those quotes were specifically violent in nature nor did they make reference to any specific incidents which would then occur. You know, can anyone point me to, I'm sure there have been cases where uh, Trump supporters or Trump staffmen or Republican politicians 
have been harassed in restaurants, I won't deny that. Can someone point me to a single example of a hardcore Cory Booker or Maxine Waters fan doing that? No, you can't. Because that, that's never happened. That has never happened. Nobody listened to what Maxine Waters said. And might I remind you, when Maxine Waters said that, she was condemned to hell and back. She was. As was Cory Booker when he said it. As was Eric Gardner. Not, not Eric Gardner. That, that's someone else entirely. As was Eric Holder when he said, when they go low, we go low, I believe. You know, as was... That one girl on Real Time with Bill Maher who said we needed to reprogram Republicans just a few weeks ago. These people are regularly condemned. No one is denying what they're saying. I don't think, you know, they understand this. I really don't. Like, point to me someone in a Maxine Waters hat storming the U.S. Capitol... And then I'll admit you have a point, and I'll, I'll be on your side, Rand, but you don't have that. You don't have that, so, so what is this? It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. You're, you're changing the conversation. And by the way, Rand, if you think that is the standard, why don't you file impeachment against Bernie Sanders or Maxine Waters? Why don't you do that? If you really think these are comparable, then okay... Let's let the actual process we have in place figure that out. We have a precedent now. Why don't you use that precedent if you really believe these things are comparable? You won't do that because you don't believe these things are comparable because you know that's utter nonsense. You know that in your first example, you don't have a smoking gun, and in the other two examples, you don't have a dead body. <laughs> <laughs> that's essentially and meanwhile we have both of those things in the Trump example so this is just utter nonsense this is a horrible comparison and Rand I understand why you thought this was a good comparison but it's really not it's really not anyway it's time for your occasional reminder that the world is absolutely going to hell and much like the real hell they're not even going to let you. It's just going to go on forever. Remember that. Remember everything is bad 24-7. Everything is awful. The world is getting worse. Things were better when we all lived in mud huts. Sorry, did I say the quiet part out loud? Accidentally said the quiet part out loud. I hate when I do that. Here's another story about modern technology ruining us all. This is from Not the Bee. Wow! Israel doctors restore a guy's eyesight with the world's first artificial cornea, I probably pronounced that wrong, I don't care, transplant. Oh man, oh man, man, let me just tell you, industrial society is a massive failure. Pe oh man, I hate this. I hate this so much. You cannot tell the absolute doofus smile I have on my face right now. When I'm sarcastically sitting here going into a microphone, it, reminding you just how idiotic the, the world is getting worse always people are. 
Uh, they never tell you when the world was actually good. Usually they'll just say when they grew up, when they didn't know there were bad things in the world. Sometimes they'll say a pre-agrarian society because they're stupid, and they would fail to live in a pre-agrarian society, by the way. You really think someone like Ted Kaczynski would actually be able to survive in a pre-agrarian society? No, he'd be killed within 20 minutes. He'd be killed within 20 minutes. Um, but here's the story. This is from Not the Bee. Doctors in Israel used experimental artificial corneas to restore a 78-year-old man's sight last week. I always knew sight was a Jewish conspiracy. Spooky. <laughs> okay, if you can't tell now, I was being very sarcastic for the past two minutes. I know, hard to believe, hard to believe. But I do not actually believe that the world would be better in a pre-agrarian society, nor do I believe uh, sight is a plot by the Jews. Although, if it were, that'd be pretty cool. That would be. Uh, Dr. Eric Behar, the head of the... Ah, God. I know what the word is, too. I know what the word is. This is a thing. I don't know if I'm the only one like this. But I can say the words just fine when it's in my head, when I just need to say it. But whenever I read it, I struggle. I don't know why that is. Um, so I'm... Gonna give me a sec. The head of the ophthalmology department at Rabin Medical Center in Taita Tafka Tafa Tikfa did an hour-long procedure which allowed the patient to see again after ten years. Not only was the man able to recognize his family members, he was also able to read text off a chart. The moment we took off the bandages was emotional and significant, said Bayer. Moments like these are fulfillment of our calling as doctors. We are proud of being the forefront of this exciting and meaningful project, which will undoubtedly impact the lives of millions. The innovation device used the procedural was created, or the innovative device used in the procedure was created last year by Israeli startup Cornet, called the K-Pro. The artificial cordna uh, uses a synthetic nanotissue that is placed underneath the eye... What the heck? What the heck? How do you come up with these names? How do, do doctors like just throw scrabble boards to name parts of eyes? No, conjunctiva. Conjunctiva. That's how it's pronounced. I, I'm done. I'm, I'm not even trying anymore. No, I, I'm not even trying. The membranes that was covered the, that covers the surface of the eyelid and the whites of the eyes. Those who go blind from cordina issues suffer from the problem with optesy and the eye wall. While doctors can repair cordinas with donor tissue or cordina sourced from pigs, the solution removes massive logistical and supply issues associated with such measures. It also removes the risks of immune and disease issues associated with transplants. So this is just some good news, guys. Like, this is just some good news. To remind you all that you hear a lot of doomers, as they're called, or black pillars, as they're also called, talk about how things are getting worse 24-7. That's not true. That's not true. There are good advancements coming out of the world each day. 
You just got to know where to look for them. And the good thing is, they're not even usually being covered up by the mainstream media. The mainstream media will cover them. It's just you who keeps forgetting about them. It's just you who keeps forgetting about the good stories when you're really sad, when you're going through this, like, nihilistic tidal wave all at once. And I'm not blaming anyone for doing that. I do it too sometimes. I'm not above that. But it's important for everyone to remember that not only are good things happening out there, but that they're not very hard to find. They aren't. They aren't very hard to find. You just need to look for them a little. A little. Again, oftentimes you'll see them in mainstream media stories. This got a lot of attention, and it should have. This is a great development. And I'm very happy I can report on it for you guys. So yeah, just keep... Just remember that no matter what, there are things that are going to happen every day is almost certainly going to be better than the day that preceded it. Just remember that. Everybody, or would it be, yeah, it'd be preceded. Every day is going to be better than the day before in at least some way or another. Almost always. Almost always. There are exceptions. That's usually the case, okay? Anyway, you know what? Last article for tonight. Let's debunk some bullshit. I haven't read this yet. This is from Carl Truman. So it couldn't, it might not be bullshit. Who knows? But it's from First Things. So that reinforces my original position that it is likely bullshit. Uh, called Joe Biden's Transgender Fictions. Oh, man, I, I gotta love this. I've never heard of Carl Truman. He might be a big guy. I'm not gonna sit here and insult him unless he says something stupid, in which case I will call him stupid. Uh, so here's what he wrote. In early discussions of transgenderism, many people... Uh, by the way, that phrase, transgenderism, I don't know what else they could say. Am I the one who thinks that just sounds weird? Transgenderism. But, okay, that's the term you choose to use, and you know what, that's a valid term to use. Many people point, uh, potently quoted Thomas Jefferson's line about government power and religion. Why, I was asked, are you bothered about whether someone born male later comes to identify as a woman when it does no harm financially or physically to you? Um, at the same time, this question, at, at the time, this question gave me pause for thought. But that has long since ceased to be the case. Take, for example, Biden's executive order on preventing and combating discrimination on the basis of gender identity or sexual orientation, signed within hours of taking office and followed days later by an order lifting the ban on transgender people in the military. There is no doubt about the new administration's priorities in this area. Justice Gorsuch may have genuinely believed the ruling in Bostock v. Clayton County had, had implications only for employment practices, but this new order citing the Bostock precedent made it obvious that which Gorsuch had somehow missed. Once a group has been granted legal status and protections in one area of the law, it is very difficult and arguably unfair to prevent these protections from being legitimately extended in other areas uh totally totally now can you argue why these protections are a bad thing can we, can we get to that point according to biden's new order school restrooms locker rooms and sports can no longer be organized on the basis of sex or sex-based stereotypes 
to use the current administration's favored terminology. Okay, I can see how that would create some concerns. Well, you know what? This is just like the first clip we played today. Give me your concerns. I don't think this is going to be that big of a deal. I mean, locker rooms, I, I think that does probably cross a line. I can understand if you think that crosses a line. I can. I can understand that. Um, but with that said, restrooms, eh, I just, again, well, there'll probably be something here we can get into and where I explain why that's not a big deal. And sports, the fact is, high school sports should not be the be-all, end-all of important things in political discourse. I think that's fair to say. Um, and really, they're just supposed to be for fun. And as such, more people included equals, well, more people to have fun. And that should be the overall view of things. And I know there are things like academic scholarships, but truth be told, I don't believe those should exist. I don't, or athletic scholarships, sorry. I don't believe athletic scholarships should be a thing. I don't. I believe they should be academic first and foremost. Okay, I, I think that's a fair standard. Um, there has been an understandable outcry about the consequences of this, most obviously for women's sports where physical differences extend rather a significant influence. For example, women's running from the room, from the 100 meter to the marathon, will easily be dominated by men who identify as female. Oh no! More worryingly, contact sports such as women's rugby will become very dangerous. You mean like they weren't already? You mean like they weren't, dude? Look at what's going on in the NFL as it stands. You know, players get concussions left and right in contact sports, both men and women, when we have separated leagues. This won't change that in the slightest. Don't worry, don't worry. Women are getting most of their concussions in contact sports from other women. Okay, just to be clear. If only it was just women's sports that were heated from ESPN to the History Channel, even more serious, however, is the utter collapse of any stable notion of human personhood. What constitutes a person is now apparently nothing more than your feelings, your psychology. Um, okay. Well, that, I, I can understand how that would be a bit of a concern. I do agree, metaphysics are, oh, th that's not where I'm supposed to go with this conversation, is it? Sorry, sorry. Uh, you feel you are a woman despite what your body tells you? Well, yeah, that's what dysphoria is. And we can find in brain scans of people who suffer from it that their brains actually more closely resemble um, the opposite sex, the sex they wish they were, as opposed to the sex they were assigned at birth. Like, that's been the case for years. Uh, then understand that your body has no authority here. Go with your gut. And when there is, as J.K. Rowling discovered, an I prior commitment to categorizing anything to do with the body as irrelevant to gender identity, there is no way to argue against this nonsense. Has President Biden ever read a page of gender theory? With the stroke of a pen, he has made its egregious and far-fetched fiction the law of the land. Well, you didn't really debunk it. Um... No, you see, if you're right, 
that means something else, I guess, is your argument. I really don't even understand where you're going with this. Or, did you already finish? That's how poorly structured this argument is. I genuinely don't know how far along I even am. Transgenderism is really just the latest, most radical expression of the notion that there is no human telos beyond that rather nebulous concept we might summarize as feeling good about ourselves as individuals. Who says that? Humans are just matter, the biological organization of which has no moral significance. The body has no intrinsic telos or purpose for it can be manipulated to serve those feelings in which we have come to invest decisive authority. Um, okay, well, first off, okay, materialist. <laughs> that is my in-detail response to this argument. I, I don't know how else to put it, dude, sorry. I, what exactly is your argument here? Um, the body has no, okay... And what happens if we then come to that conclusion? Why is that conclusion wrong? You haven't actually brought any arguments yet. As Angela Frank put it in a recent essay, the loss of the sense a human being are for anything is the scrooge of this present age. Um, and then it shows a quote from that person. We do not know who we are, where we come from, and where we are headed, all of which would require an anchoring in a more solid reality than contemporary Ephirma grants us, or Euphirma, given that such formal and final casualties is the only cultural memory, we are thrown back onto our own resources. Frank's punchline of this paragraph is profound, hence we replace being good with an easier project, looking good, or one might say... Feeling good. Uh, the, poli the political problem, of course, is that this expressive individualism that allows, even requires, that we create our own identities and destinies is still limited by notions of harm, as the executive order makes clear. Any form of social organization that denies or challenges the identity of transgender people is by definition discriminating against them. No, 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 no. No, it would only be harassment campaigns or actual discrimination attempts. Unless we're defining harm, like, so broadly that it would trump the First Amendment, then what you're saying is objectively wrong, and no one is arguing for that. And when you throw intersectionality into the mix, as the executive order does, then this matter of discrimination is yet further complicated and its specific content made more elusive. Only the victim, or the one presented as a victim, can have any real moral stance. What the hell are you going on about? It is not just women's sports that are headed to the museum. It is anything that categorized as oppressive, be they religious organizations, traditional moral con convictions, or previously unexceptionable pronouns. Um, okay. And? Maybe, maybe with two paragraphs left, he'll finally actually make an argument. Let's see. Um, at root, the executive order exposes a rather obvious truth. 
Not all versions of personal happiness can be realized, and society has always had to reject and suppress some. Okay, yeah, that's true. That is perfectly true. Those of serial killers or the rapist, for example. But traditionally, the legitimate and illegitimate could be distinguished on the basis of agreed-upon human ends, which all humans share, and which transcended the individual. Okay, well, first off, I'd argue that anti-discrimination protections, wouldn't that transcend the individual? You as an individual have the ability to discriminate, but we have decided for the good of society that you should not. So, essentially, again, Biden is just using the same... I don't know why I said again there. <laughs> Biden is using your same logic, but just from a different perspective. Can you actually argue against that logic, or are you just going to sit there and say, well, theoretically, we could think something else? Yeah, we can think anything. The human mind is limitless, my friend. I can think that elephants can fly. They can't. <laughs> um, <laughs> once I, I'm becoming equally as incoherent and rambling as this article. Once those ends have been abandoned in favor of personalized, bespoke forms of individual happiness, an odd thing happens. With no conscious on what or consensus on what human beings are for, someone still has to make choices about which identities are legitimate and which are not. And thus, the freedom of radical individualism ironically requires the authoritarianism of government decrees, which appropriate penalties attached. Um... Okay, uh, okay, yeah, I got got me there, got me there. Biden is using the government in this situation to stop radical individualism or to support radical individualism, which would only be stopped by governing forces. What? <laughs> The days when one could claim the transgenderism would not pick my pocket are gone. This ideology is set to change everything. The legal status that Gorsuch and now Biden have granted to it will bring financial penalties in its wake. I am sure. As to breaking legs, well, my own pair are thankfully still intact. But how much longer will that be true of those women on the rugby team is anybody's guess. Uh, because as we all know, concussions can only be created by men. This is a fact. Anyway, I have no idea what I just read. So I think that's a good place to end this episode. I am Ephraim, and good night.